hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Um, oh, it was a blanket company. Oh, no. It was a <laughs> that's, blanket. That's <laughs> super bad. <laughs> not like, uh, I'm not talking about like spreading smallpox. I'm talking <laughs> You're tuned in to episode 19 of the award-winning, critically acclaimed audio experience that is the Whiskey and Whitetails podcast, where we never turn down a whiskey, we prefer to hunt in good weather, and one of us likes ranch almost as much as my youngest child. As always, I'm Gus. I'm Matt. And we're your hosts. This week we're recording remotely, so uh, we are powered by our individual choices of juice. Um, I'm drinking a Laphroaig 10. Matt, what are you drinking? I am drinking single barrel. (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that wasn't even planned. Single barrel, um, Evan Williams was a Sprite. Oh, nice. Evan Williams single barrel is so good. I People ask all the time in some of the forums that we're on, like, you know, I have this much to spend. Like, what do I buy? And it'll be like, you know, $140 to spend. And I'm like, go buy like seven bottles of Evan Williams single barrel and not, and then don't worry about having to buy whiskey for a while. Yep. You'll be straight. Do you want to say why we're recording separately? Oh, you tell them why. You, you careless. <laughs> After uh, a year and a half of trying, which is the longest and the hardest I've ever tried to do something. <laughs> I mean, to think about something that you've, you've decided for a year, I'm going to do this thing. Uh, and I finally did it. I contracted, contacted, con- Con- I got, contracted, contracted COVID-19. Oh, Congratulations. I don't thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. The lady on the phone, uh, when I had a rapid test done and my work was like, if you, uh, if you take a rapid test, you're only one day, two days into the symptoms, uh, it's going to come up negative. So we need you to get tested again. I was like, okay. So I went to the thing and the lady was like, you only had symptoms two days. She was like, yeah, it's going to be negative, but we'll schedule you for a week. And you come back. And I was like, all right. And so it was positive. And she was like, you must have uh, a severe case of it. And, and all this, and I was like, really, that's, that's the best news I've heard all day. She's like, I'm sorry. I was like, no, I'm just, I'm just happy to know that I, I, I have a good case of it. Like I wanted to, the full body experience and I guess I'm going to get it. I want the good antibodies, not yeah, the, not yeah. the weak ones. Exactly. So my antibodies, my antibodies are going to be stacked up and piled up against yeah. the wall. Yeah. My, uh, my youngest son is, uh, Nolan likes to tell jokes now and uh, his his favorite one that he's allowed to tell to anybody is uh, why don't ants ever get sick? Because they, they have, have little antibodies. Antibodies. You know? 
the one that he has to ask if he can tell because of different, um, you know, mixed company is why don't you ever want to get in a fight with a dinosaur because you'll get jurass kicked. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, funny. He loves to tell that one. And the other day, uh, it was like his second soccer practice because he started soccer, which is really fun to watch five-year-olds run around uh, in, in a herd chasing a ball. But Jessica and I were sitting off to the side and I heard him uh, ask his coach, do you want to hear a joke? And I just was like, oh God, no, <laughs> don't tell the wrong one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's funny. So, uh, so yeah, so we're recording remotely because uh, Matt was just careless and irresponsible and got himself sick. Yeah. And, and just as if it was the flu or anything else. I don't want to spread it around. So, yeah. You mean to tell me you're treating a sickness with a 99.7% survival rate? Like it's a cold or a flu. That's exactly how I'm going to treat it. Oh, yes. Imagine that. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> we didn't shut down whiskey and whitetails ever. We're, I mean, I quit uh, shipping, so Gus has been handling the shipping part of it, just in case my I cough while packaging. But yeah, easy day, uh, no problem. Yeah. But I would do the same thing if I had the flu. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be coughing my flu germs all over your all over your packages. So we should be uh, good to go. Which I, I feel fine. Matt likes to get his mouth close to packages all the time. Yeah. If you get a gift, if you get, if you order from us, it's guaranteed it comes with a kiss from love and compassion. <laughs> I saw a video, but I saw a video like that. Um, oh, it was a blanket company. Oh no! It was a blanket. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> super bad. <laughs> not like uh, I'm not talking about like spreading smallpox. I'm talking. <laughs> I'm talking about they. Um, they were showing themselves uh, packaging their their blanket and talking about how it's comfortable and it's snuggly and it comes with love. And each person that held the package like gave the package a hug and gave it to the next person. That's the American way of doing business, my man. <laughs> we have a history with it, so yeah. <laughs> don't oh, uh, if it works, stop. Don't stop doing it. You know. <clears throat> I just read a book that actually the whole premise was on a modern day uh, bio warfare scenario in the United States. Really? Interesting stuff. Yep. Yeah, sounds like it. Yep. They took a hemorrhagic uh, hemorrhagic fever virus and aerosolized it so that it could uh, it could not actually not be transmitted um, through the air by breathing because it would spread too far. It would yeah. potentially kill the bad guys. Uh, but they can t- they did it in enough cities and that had flights that came from this place in Africa that they purposely had a small outbreak of. And the whole point, the big thing is that the United States has these uh, secret, highly classified plans to eradicate uh, a virus in that situation where they would use, they would basically bomb their own cities (laughs) to eradicate, um, you know, to contain and eradicate a virus like that. Um, And so the whole time this, the main character is rushing to prove that it's not airborne. It's, one of those books I'll put on and listen to while I'm working and doing other stuff. But, um, yeah, pretty crazy to think of, uh, that kind of thing happening back in the day on purpose by spreading. It's a pretty shitty thing to do, but yeah, anyways, yeah. I digress. Um, so this whiskey, uh, we usually drink bourbons or straight whiskey on. You didn't whiskey. even say what you're drinking. I did. I said it was a Lafroig tin. So oh, I, I poured a scotch, um, which we don't usually drink a whole lot of on the show. Uh, we, we definitely tend to lean more towards our American whiskeys and bourbon, which is an American whiskey. But this Laphroaig, an Isla single malt scotch 
man. This has got that Band-Aid. Yeah. You know, the, the medicinal, medicinal smell to it. Yeah. yeah. It's um, obviously a little bit of the smoke and the malt. It's just very heavy on the... Um, is that the one I gave you? Yeah. I'm jealous of your ability to smell things. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can't smell or taste right now, can you? Well, I can I can taste. Everything tastes like vinegar. I mean, everything. That sucks. If I actually, like, because I have some uh, apple cider, the stuff you drink for high blood pressure or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I took a sip of that last night and it gave me a headache. There's just too much vinegar. Oh, that sucks. And I'm not a person that gets headaches. So it's, if anything yeah. with this COVID stuff, the, the, the legit only thing I'm really suffering from is I can't smell anything. And, and really? everything tastes like vinegar. Like this, I, that's why I did this whiskey and Sprite. I've been talking about it forever because it was always one of my favorites. Um, but even this, there's, there's really nothing in it. Yeah. That's unfortunate. I got a Bud Light to follow it up, see if I can taste that. I know how much you enjoy uh, going out and eating and all that kind of stuff, so that kind of sucks. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it is what it is. I did it to myself. <laughs> so tomorrow is uh, – so this comes out Monday, but – um, today's Friday. Tomorrow is the um, Kentucky Derby. Oh, that's right. Okay, the, so I didn't understand the context with what you were working on earlier uh, you are telling me about. I didn't realize the Kentucky Derby is tomorrow. Yep. Cool. It is uh, the 147th renewal of the greatest two minutes in sports. The greatest two minutes in sports. That's what they're calling it. I don't know. So I had a few Kentucky Derby things I wanted to talk about. Yeah, let's talk about Kentucky Derby. Well, I want to start with a mint julep. Yep. So if um, all our Instagram, Facebook followers, you saw us post a mint julep video well, on Saturday. And before we get too far down the rabbit hole, for anyone listening who's rolling their eyes and the, wants to turn the podcast off because we're going to talk about the Kentucky Derby, you need to understand that the Kentucky Derby's history is rich with whiskey and bourbon. Um, well, yeah, the official drink is right. a bourbon drink. And it's in <laughs> Kentucky. So it's right. And it has to do with animals. Well, granted, we're not killing these animals. I mean, they eventually die, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Some people used to hunt on horseback. What was that? Uh, how was yeah. That? How Andy was did the... fox hunting. My wife did fox hunting. Um, That's cool. On horseback growing up. Andy's That's a big, cool. she, she rode uh, English. She didn't do, you know, derby style racing, but mm-hmm. Andy rode horses forever. So like I've, I've kind of come to age in the, uh, and stables and being around horses and it, it, the people are really cool. Most of them are filthy rich. And when you talk about rich people being uh, not connected to society, these people are her, uh, her barn manager. He drove a Mazda Miata had a, the back window was gone. It was just open so <laughs> raining, cold, didn't matter. There was no back window, Nice. but dude owns an entire farm, got plenty of money. Uh, just spent it funny? on more stuff. It's yeah. not funny. Like, you and I have both met very, very wealthy people who, on the surface, you meet them, you would never guess. You know, no. holes in jeans, you know, paint covered t shirts, just whatever. Yeah, we a lot of the circles that we run in uh, are very wealthy people. I mean, we just did this whiskey tasting. All yeah, very wealthy fun. people, and none of them were dressed to the nines. None of them were impersonable. They were all very nice, and uh, mm-hmm. and even some of the people that we partner with and, and do a lot of work with, they're all. Yeah, they're loaded, you know, but they, uh, they're more frugal than I am for sure. That's the biggest, that's the biggest, uh, thing I've seen that they all have in common is they're all super stingy with their money. Yeah. Very. 
So, all right, let's talk, let's talk about this. The, tell me something about the Derby. Teach me well, something. Well, I want to talk about the Julep. Um, so the video we posted yesterday was uh, a video I threw together, um, not being able to taste or smell. So I had no idea how good this mint julep was. But mm-hmm. the, uh, the term julep is generally defined as a sweet drink. Um, and, it, and it was always used particularly for medicine. It wasn't necessarily a cocktail. Oh, okay. Um, but the word itself comes from Spanish julepe. Which is uh, Spanish Arabic, which is if you don't know, Spanish Arabic is Persian, um, and the Persian word is golab, which means uh, rose water. And so it was typically um, a rose water kind of cocktail that was lightly alcoholic and contained um, camphor, which I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But the um, the mint julep that we know of was originally <clears throat> originated in the southern United States during the 18th century. And um, it was basically published in the Williamsburg, Virginia Gazette, which you and I have a connection to. Oh, yeah. But um, it was through a short poem on hunting. So the in that poem, it describes a julep as a concoction which doctors storm at and some adore. And, uh, and that's kind of what it was. It was made for sickness of the stomach with frequent retching and at times difficult of swallowing. And you would be prescribed an emetic, um, which was a mint julep. But it's a. Uh, it's been described as a tum of a uh, tumbler of rum and water, well sweetened with a slip of mint, and uh, it's been lots of different ways to do it. But one of the earliest words uses of the word dram had to do with the mint julep, and it mm. was a uh, you would have a dram in the morning as a farmer to kind of get your day going, and it was a mint julep. Yeah, I start my mornings off with some. Did you say rum? I've only yeah, ever... that, that was one of the versions of it. It's always okay. kind of been a whiskey drink, but yeah, yeah, uh, I thought so. I've never heard it uh, done with rum. That sounds interesting. Well, I mean, you, if you consider it's Arabic, so it's it's a lot older than whiskey. Uh, sure. So it's been used with spirits forever. But the, I bet, and that frigate reserve rum is delicious by itself. I bet that would be good in a mint Well, not to segue, but to segue the um, we're going to come back to the mint julep, but I want to read this to you. So we have a another charity dinner in Kentucky with Rocco, mm-hmm. um, I think in September. Yep. And so whiskey and whitetails was charged with creating the signature drink for the event. So I'm working with, um, bitter milk, the people that we, we push their, uh, their, uh, cocktail mixes. So they sent me one called a rum bullion. So it's four parts, aged rum, one part, bitter milk, number one, stir with ice in a rocks glass. That's not what we're going to use for the dinner, but I find that interesting to use an old fashioned mix with rum and we have really nice age. I hate to desecrate it the 21 year with it, but I might try it. Well, or even the 15, you know, YOLO. Yeah, I'll figure it out. But yeah, the mint julep, um, it's been around for a long time, but the, the first mention of an iced mint julep was, uh, May 4th, 1807. Um, and an advertisement ah. for Wigworm Gardens in Norfolk, Virginia. Oh, wow. Yeah. Of all but places. Yeah. Yep. But it's been promoted as the Churchill Downs um, official drink of the Kentucky Derby since 1938. And each year, 120,000 juleps are served at Churchill Downs over a two-day period. How much? pretty crazy. 120,000. Good God. When they started making them, people would steal the cup. And so now they raise the price and it includes the price of the cup. So you get to keep the cup. Got it. That makes sense. That would be hard at a derby to track down, get cups back. Yeah. What are you going to do? Return it? Like, right. 
But when you think of the Kentucky Derby, what do you, what do you think of outside of horses? Horses, um, well, the mint julep. It's, right. it's a signature, but uh, dressing up fancy, you know? Yeah, the uh, hats. The hats, all that stuff. So the hats are, it's a it's a Southern tradition, part spectacle. And the, they have an actual hat parade at the Kentucky Derby. Oh, really? Um, but this fashion has been kind of, it based all the way to European style racing events, which mandated full morning dresses for men and women um, during the first running. But this was always a high class thing. So in order to be involved in the Derby, you had to have a high class drink, high class outfit, high class hat. Hmm. And now today it's kind of for the common folk. Um, and we just kind of carry it on. So you can get a cheap hat and decorate it to make yourself look fancy. What else? What else do I oh, think of? Yeah. Uh, Shit, man. How about the Twin Spires? Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's... Think about that. Yep. Well, most people don't, but they know what it is. And so mm-hmm. the Twin Spires is the recognized landmark of the Churchill Downs and the Kentucky Derby. But they were constructed in 1895. Um, and can you guess the age of the draftsman that wrote the designs for... And again, this is a mass... You know, this you would assume this would be a master designer... But what the Kentucky Derby is known for, these twin spires, how old do you think the guy that created it, how do you think he was? 12. Uh, no, 24. <laughs> Close, I was halfway there. But you would think it'd be like a like a seasoned yeah. veteran. But again, in 1895, I don't know how long people lived. That's true. 24 might have been half, half his life. Yeah, that could have been a 50-year-old man. <laughs> but it's kind of like that, the Garland of Roses, the song, My Old Kentucky Home, Kentucky Oaks, Celebrities, um, and then the Winter Circle. Those are all uh, good things to know. Yeah. And losing money. Yeah. Unless you're me. I do really well at the Derby. <laughs> but I guess I'm insider knowledge. You know? well, that's... We should have had Andy on to talk about um, horseback hunting. We could do that probably. Hmm. We should do some episodes on. We should really have someone come in as much as I kind of despise it and talk about hunting deer with dogs part. I think part of my disdain is that maybe I don't understand it. I think the whole time you and I will just be sitting there staring at each other, but we can, <laughs> but also if we can find, yeah, like having Andy on to talk about uh, fox hunting from horseback. That's cool. Let's throw that out. If any of the listeners, if you know somebody that does dog hunting and they can convince us that it's not what we think it is, or you convince us that it's a, uh, I don't know. If you have someone that does dog hunting and they're really good at it and they know the ins and outs and they aren't going to piss me off, then uh, you should you should send them our way and we'll have them on. <laughs> our biggest pet peeve is just the, what seems to be, in our experience, a lack of respect for property boundaries. That's, that's exactly, really it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my it. biggest pet peeve. If you have hundreds of acres or a large enough track to run your dogs and they're not constantly running across my spot uh, where I spend time, you know, trimming shooting lanes and putting up a stand, then we got no issues. Uh, even if it's an occasional dog got a little loose, very, very sorry. But the, our experience, people have been very rude, unapologetic. Um, so if you got someone who does it, does it differently and has a different approach, I'd be happy to listen and talk. Well, even government land. So if you have like uh, WMA mm-hmm. uh, dog hunter, I'd listen to that. Because that's, you know, that's everybody's land. That's a shared sure. property. 
Bud Light tastes like seltzer water, by the way. God, sounds terrible, man. <laughs> sounds really I wish, terrible. I wish that I was making it up, but you know that I'm not one to uh, exaggerate illness or or uh, not feeling well. No. But I'm being honest. I, it's no, no yeah, difference. it sounds terrible. I'm really sorry for you. Yeah, it sucks as somebody that uh, we hang our hat on smelling and tasting whiskeys. Yeah, maybe we have to change the company now to vin- vinegar and venison. <laughs> vinegar and venison. all your stuff. Uh, even then, I, smells like vin- vinegar or what, tastes like vinegar, right? What, yeah, everything tastes like <laughs> vinegar. No smell. I have no smell at all. Not gonna lie, I'm having a hard time with this uh, Lafroy. The medicinal stuff, just I, I have a hard time with it. I like scotches and I like smoky scotch, but the ones like this that are real heavy on that, whatever it is. I don't know. Let me, let me, one thing, one thing that's cool about doing this remotely is we can have a computer. So program. when I was getting ready to come down here, the, I was thinking about that and I cannot wait for us to have a studio. We can both have a computer up and be able to look stuff up and, and drive conversation or even have a Jamie 2.0 off in the corner to do it for us, put it on a big screen. What? I just looked up Lafroig 10 negative review. <laughs> and the first one that comes up says Lafroig 10 year old. Mm, ashtrays. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's not wrong. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Oh man! So I saw uh, what we were going to circle back. We're not done with Derby stuff, right? You said, you said we're um, going to come back to the mint jewel for something. I think I already did, oh, okay. but I may not have. I think I, I yeah. I'm at the end of my uh, <laughs> your notes. Um, well, that I, in May 2008, Churchill Downs unveiled the world's largest mint julep glass. Can you guess how big the glass was? I, I don't know. A hundred gallons. Uh, I don't think it actually said it's six feet oh. tall. Uh, 206 gallons. Whoa. Yeah. That's a lot of, that's a big mint julep. Huh. They used early times. That's probably who I would use if I was making 206 gallons. Yeah. Early times mint juleps. That's interesting. I wonder if we can get early times for uh, for Rocco's dinner. Maybe. You could go even cheaper and buy Canadian mist and call it early times. Uh, <laughs> what's the saying about Canadian whiskey? Like if you if you if you don't know anything about whiskey, I don't know, man. So here's the thing. I recently ran into somebody who actually has a pretty solid uh, knowledge of whiskey. And uh, has a pretty cool, pretty decent collection of liquors across the board, not just whiskey. And he actually told me that he prefers Canadian whiskey to sip on. Interesting. Yeah, I thought I thought it was very interesting. I'm wondering what happens to my um, palate on the on the backside of this because I was talking to Chad um, at my daily bourbon. He has a uh, he had got mm-hmm. COVID and he he took like almost a month off drinking because he just couldn't. It was just yeah. too much. He just couldn't do it. And he was telling me that a friend of his got it as well and um, couldn't handle like he was a high. So for me, I'm a high proof bourbon guy. That's what I like. And um, he was saying that that guy was, too. And after he came out of this, couldn't handle any more overload for his taste buds. It's like baby taste buds. Weird. And so now he's a single malt guy. He just loves single malt whiskeys. And that's and that's what he drinks. now. That's crazy. So I'm a little worried that I'm a, I might lose my bourbon. Th- I mean, I hope not. Oh, that would suck. But. That'd be terrible because I love, I mean, but you know, as we always say, taste is subjective. So my, my new taste buds could be, uh, 
I could become a Lafroy 10 ashtray. Kind yeah, of maybe. I don't know. There, there are things within a scotch that I enjoy. I just got to find, I got to spend more time uh, with some different ones. And it's just one of those. Well, that bell me. It's a, it's a, it's an expensive game to play. <laughs> like, let me yeah, try this bottle. 70 bucks, 80 bucks. Oh, that sucks. You know? Especially when you get to the McAllen's, like the McAllen 16, they don't make any more than the McAllen 21. Mm-hmm. It's like $500. Is you know. So a $500 bottle of McAllen is probably, you know, taste-wise, you're probably looking at a $200 bottle of bourbon. Yeah, easy. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know I've had scotches that I know I like, so it's not like it's I don't like scotch at all. Just this one in particular, man. And it's, it's funny. You gave it to me. Um, you didn't care for it. And I kind of set it aside and... I haven't opened it at all. Uh, I don't know why I decided to do it today, but uh, I'm going to have to drink something else decision. after this just to get the taste out of my mouth. Well, our agreement kind of from the beginning was one of us has to be a scotch guy. I know. And you, you took that on. I, I know. I took that on, and we lean so much in our content on American whiskeys and bourbon, so I've, I've kind of let it go. But uh, I'm not faulting you. If you want to, you can come over, and I'll give you some covid and then maybe you'll like, maybe you'll uh, like it. Maybe you'll, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to pass. I've been told six months from, from people that have been through. I've, this. I've, six I've months. heard the same. Um, mom had it and she, her taste buds were messed up for like a month, month and a half. So there's no telling, man. Does she have anything, any bad symptoms or anything? No, she didn't get, um, everybody in their household got it and none of them got anything worse than I think like you described you were for that one day at, at that at work at, at its worst. And then they were fine. And, yeah. uh, you know, last year, last year when I thought that I had it, um, I don't think, you know, that was back when they were saying, you know, unless you have a fever, unless you have these symptoms, don't come get tested. Don't just stay home. Um, yeah. that's what we did. And I had uh, a cough fever off and on for a couple of days. Uh, but that it was like two or three days. I just felt like hungover. Yeah. I just felt like crap, man. Like I yeah. didn't have much of an appetite. Um, I was, uh, you know, forcing myself to drink fluids and, but I had this weird cough that sort of stuck around for about a week. Uh, and just generally felt like crap, had a headache, felt hazy. I don't know how to describe it, but it just felt kind of like not all there, yeah. but it went away after a couple of days and I was fine. Um, but my taste buds, my taste and smell was never really affected by it. Yeah, so very. If you, if, if, uh, I must not have as good of antibodies. <laughs> well, I, I figure like I never get sick, so I've been around people with COVID mm-hmm. multiple times with the intention of getting it. <laughs> so and, funny. Uh, it's like when, like I, I thought about that today. If somebody's like, so I just joined a kickball mm-hmm. league, and um, I had to the first game was last night, and I had to bow out because of. Yeah. And, um, and I thought like Lauren Marshall's, um, wife was there and I, and I thought if they were, if they brought me up and they're like, this guy got COVID, huh? And she's like, yeah, well he, he purposely tried to get it. I, and I thought people would be like, what, what a lunatic. But, um, point being my immune system is very good. So I don't get sick. Ever. Yeah. I mean, I, I never get sick. And uh, so in order for me to get COVID, it would have to be a pretty pungent batch. It must be the new strain. Yeah. Okay. It's the new strain. <clears throat> yeah. New strain. And I know we always say we're never going to talk about COVID, but 
Now we're personally affected. Oh. I'm just kidding. But yeah, that was all. But yeah, so Brian, um, Brian killed the turkey with uh, one of our turkey calls. Which is yes, cool. He did. Yes, he did. West Virginia, right? Yep. West I was. I don't know why. I was want to. I was think he's in Maryland. So he he lives like right there. Um, actually, he might be in Maryland now. Oh, he's always lived Virginia, Maryland, um, West Virginia. And what I mean is that he's always lived within those in that three. in that area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So sometimes he's in Maryland. Sometimes it's, I don't know why he moves so much, but they just actually I think their new place is in Maryland. I don't know. That's cool though. I know they move around. It's good to see him working. It's I'm bummed I haven't had a chance to get out and, and actually hunt. Uh, picked a well. I thought about that. Like I got plenty of time now because I'm off week work for two weeks. Yeah, we should. Um, actually, I th- yeah, we should go like tomorrow because it's the last day. Um, oh no, yeah, is I think it? So <laughs> it's a short season. That's yeah, it's a bummer. I don't think I can do. No, I, I definitely can't. I'll be in. A, I'll be at a yeah. training thing all day. Um, oh well, next year we'll uh, we'll know. Do you see our um, our little inner circle that we're um, paired up with local boy outfitters now? No, I did not. What's that all about? Um, what should we do? I guess. I guess. Uh, what do you mean? No, I'm sorry. Continue. Just explain. I guess. Yeah. Um, so I guess John from One Nation Coffee mm-hmm. met up with uh, met. Oh, I know what it was now. They were at a black tie event, charity event, obviously, mm-hmm. and um, John and. Patrick were there and uh, they saw this guy wearing like a, a tuxedo with alligator boots. <laughs> so they were like, we need to talk uh, to him. 100%. And so they went and talked to him and, and I guess he owns Local Boy Outfitters, which is huge. They're all over the yeah, place. All I'll be honest, place. I'd never heard of them until I saw his post. No. Really? Oh, yeah. Like Palmetto Moon, like all those stores around. I mean, they probably have a hundred locations. Oh, really? Uh, that they're, not that they own, but that they're in. Uh, I see. But they're a huge clothing company. Cool. Huge. But they make everything from um, from face buffs to hats to shirts to pants to hoodies to whatever. Um, but yeah, big company. But I guess they're part of it now. So Patrick made like a post, you know, thanks to uh, local outfitters for they had a firefighter which lost his home to fire. I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was saying that he just needs clothes. Yeah. And uh, local boy outfitters stepped up and said, well, we'll we'll give you a whole wardrobe and they did. And so now they're partnering and they want to work with veterans and, and do a bunch of stuff. And, um, they followed us this morning and, and, uh, and I hit them up and was like, Hey, thank y'all for helping out our friends and, and, and people in need. Cause you know, that's what we're all about. I, you know, I tried to explain that this whole, the whole dynamic that we have with, uh, to, uh, Jessica's grandparents were, were visiting for the weekend and we we're talking about the business and, uh, they were, enthralled with just the whole thing we have going on uh, and just all the, like I have all of this barrel staves and stuff in the garage. They were asking questions and uh, I took the time to just go through the whole thing, give a little bit of history, uh, you know, talk about the nice. stave itself and explain because, you know, they asked about well, how long does the block last? And I explained the soak line and flavor and, you know, made them a cocktail, all that kind of stuff. And, and one of the things I was explaining to them is the benefit that we have being so, uh, surrounded by other like-minded people and, and the relationship that we have where we all, we all have a niche that we're in or a thing that we do, but we all have, uh, strengths and we use those strengths to help fill, fill gaps 
for each other. Um, and, right. and it's just like, it's been a very, very, uh, I don't know what the right word is beneficial, healthy, uh, just a good relationship. Um, and this is a, a prime example of how, of, of how that works out and helps out. Now we've got somebody with, you know, a big reach of other, of other stores, um, you know, a solidified brand and company that we can, uh, we can find ways to work with. And that's cool. It is definitely, it's, uh, it's definitely a, you know, giving somebody advice ever on business, not that we're any kind of, uh, business experts, but you know, I think it applies to both business and your personal life is that you are the sum of the people you surround yourself with. Yeah. You know, that's why now that you've gotten sick so irresponsibly, I'm going to have to let <laughs> you cut you loose because I can't be around irresponsible people. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. It's all uh, it's subjective, you know. It's irresponsible to some. To some, it's a uh, it's it was an experiment. And like I, I, you know, I don't I don't associate I don't hang I don't have any elderly family near me. Um, you know, I don't hang out in big huge social circles. So I, like I'm. I'm not really putting anyone at risk. And at the end of the day, my wife is who gave it to me. So it's, it's her fault. It's, who would have thought that the home. I didn't realize it was her girl. fault. Yeah. She brought it home. I don't know where she got it. Yeah, from. Probably from a dog. Remember they were talking about putting dogs down. <laughs> Dude. Unbelievable. Yeah. We went from the mink to the dog. It's super quick. fast. It's just one more yeah. thing to scare people. All right. We're not doing it. Yeah. We're not going. No, we're not doing it. Um, if we were going to do it, now's the time, nah. but, but no, we shouldn't. Nah. We shouldn't. But yeah, it's a, that's the thing. It's like the, I wish when we have customers that like we have, we get reviews every day, every day, um, especially on Etsy and um, sometimes multiple times a day. But it's like, when we get these reviews, I wish I had time to reach out to each one of them and be like, thank you for your purchase because the money that you're spending for a product that you like and you enjoy and you leave this great review. But I want you to know that, it's going forward. It's, it's helping other people yeah. and just being involved in the circles we're involved in. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it makes me super proud of what we do. Yeah, I agree. It's been, uh, it's been a good learning experience and the friendships, you know, outside of just the company benefits itself. Uh, I think we have um, some good, just personal friendships that we've been able to, to forge, you know, the end of the day, should these, should all these companies just fold and disappear? I think we still have friendships that, uh, that w- will be maintained out of it. So it's always yep, good. I agree. Since Turkey season's over, uh, I guess the next thing hunting wise to focus on is actually, actually whitetail season. Um, yeah, it's coming. It is coming. And, um, I was trying to find uh, a news article that I had seen uh, from SCDNR about. I'm pretty sure it was SCDNR about the um, the deer population um, and potential changes to the laws in South Carolina. I can't find it though. Oh man, they've gone through so, so- many changes over the past year years. We are 107 days from opening. 107 days, huh? I guess I got some. Which will go by fast. Yeah, I guess I got some stand prep to do, which, you know, it's fine. The uh, So you liked the uh, the bow hanger prototype. Works well? Yeah, I think it, um, 
Yeah, I think the I, I had I had mentioned adding. Yeah, for those that don't know, we we have a whiskey barrel stave bow hanger, um, and the and the kind of the reason that we making it is because if you're like me and you don't have a ton of room in my gun closet, I'm not gonna I don't have any room in there, so I, I want it kind of out of the way because I have cats and I want the cats attacking it. So we have a bow hanger that you can put wherever you want, and so mine's like up in the top corner of a room. And I was originally going to try and find a stud to make sure it's super steady. But um, we have these drywall screws that are phenomenal and um, work well. But it's, it's great. It's, the, um, it's very pretty. It's clearly a whiskey barrel stave. Um, the only uh, addition I wanted to add was a little loop to uh, clip your release into. Um, and then Lariat, I had talked to him, our resident sniper. I had talked to him about it. And um, he was saying, maybe you could add something to store arrows and stuff. And I was like, man, just quit being a plebe and uh, change your batteries in your fire smoke, smoke detector. I mean, quit being a plebe and, uh, and get, a, not, uh, get a quiver for your bow. It's someone's opening the damn door and it keeps beeping. Uh, it's the alarm uh, thing, which is in, in my office. So I thought you sent them away. I did, but they must come back from the, uh, from the, the park. And so they're in the garage. I'll have to edit those out. That's <laughs> all good. It's real life, man. But yeah, Bowhanger. We're excited about Yeah, it. and have you have you heard from Patrick? Uh, does he listen to this podcast? I think he's super busy, and I think that uh, he probably checks in. From time cool. To time. Well, if you happen to check in this episode, uh, we're looking for an update on those knives. Oh, yeah. I, I would asked. love to get um, – I would love to have some limited release uh Deer knives, buck knives, hunting knives, whatever to offer uh, around the fall. It'd be a great gift too for the holiday season. Yeah. So these knives are uh, so on a whiskey barrel. You have the metal rings; they're called hoops. And so we have these hoops that are um, they're steel. And um, we have a master knife maker that was on Forest and Fire, and he's going to make us some knives. And we're going to use whiskey barrels as uh, staves as handles. So it'll be a knife fully made out of whiskey barrels. It'd be pretty cool. But no, I haven't. Um, I haven't. I haven't asked. Let me. Let me uh, do that now. I'm thinking about cool. It. The um, I think those will be the the one thing we got to figure out is how and what we want to make the the grip or the handle out of. I suppose we can do them out of barrel lids or some part of the barrel as long as it's the right thickness. I don't have any experience with making that, but um, I can make we a knife. Get him more wood for that. Um. The, I think we'll definitely make them out of lids. Yeah, it works really good for the turkey call, so uh, it'd be a great candidate for that as well. The um, oh man, there was something I was going to say and bring up, and I f- just it just like whew, just like the wind gone. I don't remember what. Oh, um, your, your uh, the photo you took of that Jack Daniel single barrel. Yeah. I uh, so I've been trying to duplicate your post or, or just use pictures that you take for content on uh, Twitter to generate some content stuff out there. I posted that one yesterday with something about, you know, uh, some, some caption about one, you know, been a heck of a week so far. Might as well start the weekend early or something with a, whatever it is, you can go find it if you want to look at it. And uh, anyways, Jack Daniels responded back and uh, complimented your photo. So nice. Oh, very nice yeah. of them. I've had a, I've had a couple of distilleries. They, they um, like actually, to be honest with you, most of the distilleries that I tag or respond will respond back. Probably because they have a 
a guy running Twitter and nobody's tw- tweeting about. Nobody uh, wants to talk about. He's like, super I got a notification. I got a notification. <laughs> yeah, nobody's talking about whiskey on Twitter. Hey, that's uh, you know that's good to know that nobody's talking about whiskey on Twitter. Maybe that's a. Uh, there, there's actually quite. There's actually quite a bit of, of talk on uh, uh, whiskey. Mm, it's another political thing we get into. You know, there's different kinds of Twitter and different yeah. colors of Twitter. Um, yeah. there's, I, I think there's a whiskey Twitter and, uh, it's actually alive and well, it is, a, I find nice. it, That's I find it's enough. a lot of, uh, a lot of Irish and Scotch drinkers. Uh, well, Twitter is uh, huge outside of this country. Twitter, you know, Twitter has spawned a lot of revolutions. Outside it's been of really, country. uh, p- people don't understand. I think whether it's just, you know, genuine, uh, ignorance or, or, they choose to be, but the other countries where we've seen revolts and, and revolutions and things happen in the past years, Twitter, uh, one of the first things out, you know, if, if not the entire internet, those companies shut down as social media to include Twitter. Um, and in the right. countries where they've been able to utilize VPNs and cellular service to, uh, to get around that, uh, Twitter has been a huge communication platform for getting information out. Well, there's a whole documentary on Netflix about the, um, the uh, Muslim Spring or, or whatever they called it, um, but for the Saudi Arabia guy, the guy that the guy that was killed in Turkey and just oh yeah vanished. Yep. You know, he went into the Turkey uh, embassy, mm-hmm. went into the Saudi Arabian embassy in Turkey and never came back <laughs> out. And they never found him. They, like uh, they assumed that he was. I mean, they knew he was killed, but they assumed that he was um, burned in a pit um, at a guy's house, like a couple miles from. Uh, from the embassy. It's a crazy That's wild. I'll have to check that out. I mean, I mean, that is way uh, off topic. <laughs> yeah, it is, but it's about, Holy cow. But, uh, let me see. Saudi Arabia, uh, Twitter, journalist. Yeah. Oh, Netflix would be the other thing to add. The journalist. That's oh, what's the journalist. Okay. Journalists. Interesting. I'll have to peep it. No, that's oh. not it doesn't matter. You can find it. The Dissident. It wasn't a journal. It wasn't a. Uh, that's right. Now I remember. It's called The Dissident. So it's not on Netflix. You have to actually pay for it because nobody wanted to host it because it's such a crazy story. Really? Yeah. It's called The Dissident. My. And uh, I think I watched it on Amazon. Yeah. Everything I'm seeing Netflix pulls show about The Dissident. Yeah. The Dissident. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's a bunch of news hmm. stuff because um, it's a crazy story. Like you wouldn't think. I mean, this is recent. It's not that long ago. Check that out. Sounds interesting. I don't mind paying for it. Yeah. Uh, so I found the article, uh, the, the South Carolina article on deer. It's not what I thought it was. I think we've talked about it before. It's just um, some of the new rules, which were actually out last year, about uh, transporting pieces and parts from other states into South Carolina to thwart the spread of CWD. So not what I thought it was. Oh, okay. But yeah, nonetheless... Yeah, if we get those knives by opening day, that would be cool. Uh, yeah, they're going to be a limited release too, by the way. So if you're into it, you need to tell us now because I, I don't know that he'll make more than 10. And they're not going to be cheap. And um, they're going to be – a lot of the proceeds will be donated to charity. Yep. They'll definitely be numbered. Um, not sure how we'll do that yet, whether we'll do it on the blade or the or the wood. I was thinking like rack numbers on those old uh, 1911s, how they how – they, Put the rack number on the, on yeah. the handle. You know what we should do so maybe- is mimic how they number barrels or rickhouses. Yeah. 
Hey, kitty cat. We could we could definitely do that. Um, um, yeah, that'll be cool. I'd like that a lot, actually. If they were numbered, um, like the rack numbers. Yeah, we could do that. We could do whatever we want. It's our product, so you yeah. Know. I mean, as long as you like it, I, I think. Yeah, it's I'm cool. not super picky. I think it's just cool to have something like that to offer. Uh, and if it, you know, if they do well, it'll be a limited run, a limited release. If they do well, though, you know, we can do work to do it uh, a couple times a year. The only issue is going to be the the knife maker. I'm sure. He, I mean, he's yeah. not going to. He's not being paid for it. He's making these for free, so it's. I'm sure we'll we'll get we'll slide him off something at the end, but. First, probably a lot. This will be a first round's problem. free, probably. If these things do really well yeah. and we get the turnout that we that we were hoping for, uh, so we can get uh, a decent amount of funds uh, to to some folks that need it, then maybe we can look at doing them uh, at, a, at a probably a similar increased price, but um, have to pay him some to make it worth it. So, so I looked up whiskey barrel knives and. Um, there's one thing that came up it says bourbon barrel knives on Etsy, but it's just the handle. Oh. And then they they make cheese knives, which oh, is that's cool. cool. It's just a, a stave that's a full knife as a stave. Uh, you know what else? We- um, but I don't I don't see anything for uh, making the actual metal out of the yeah. hoops. So that so you know the whole thing with our products is is you know, gearing them towards the whiskey drinker and the hunter, right? So. What do we do often whenever after hunt we sit down at the club or wherever we are? If we have uh, if we have a whiskey, we'll also have snacks like snacks. Um, snacks. If we made like cheese knives or serving knives for uh, like a charcuterie tray, like a set for your hunting cabin. I don't know. Spitball in here. I think. I think we're definitely going to steal this cheese knife <laughs> idea. It's all it is is a stave and they cut it real thin and then I guess cut the, uh, the blade part even thinner and then just sharp, you know, it'd be like whittling a knife. Oh, so the, out of so the whole thing is made from wood. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I think that might be something we start doing soon. That's easy. To, for a cheese knife or a butter knife. That's pretty yeah, cool. easy enough to do. Um, Gavin, Gavin would probably love to do that. Be able to whittle a knife out of a, he can certainly out of a state. He can certainly whittle. We'll rip it up real thin, um, so it doesn't take a lot yeah. of work. I'm all about child labor. He wants a job, so <laughs> I can put him to work as an apprentice or something. I'm sure there's some laws. What's the uh, minimum wage in South Carolina? Forty five cents? Uh no. I'm pretty sure it's uh, seven something or eight something. I don't know. Tom will pay him ten dollars an hour, but I expect ten knives per hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck yeah, with that. I'm just, yeah, I'm just messing. But yeah, we need to get out to the club and um, and move my stand. Yep. and set. And some. I want to do like legit trails, man, where we cut them out so we can get a side by side up to the stand. So this is actually a great segue. Uh, our four wheeler that we had access to is going away. So we're going to need to, not that we had it last year, but uh, if that's something that we want to do or have, we're probably going to need to figure out some way to acquire one or just don't. I don't know. They're not, there's not a lot of them. I've been looking. I've got a, a buddy that's been trying to buy a Polaris for quite some time, and um, he even paid for it, and it, it's still – it's been – almost a year without delivery. Yeah. Do you know, so you've heard, I haven't looked into it a whole lot, but like there's a, you know, the chip shortage. 
Do you know what yeah. what it is exactly? Yeah, it's the material that China was mining, yeah. and so they had to drop off a lot of the mining. So the the ability to get the material to make because everybody thinks computer chips are just like you know something you three D print, but it's not. There's actual um, minerals that are involved in that, and it's it's the mineral mining that's right. Off. So and so these chips are used in everything. Uh, yeah, everything from from cars to seatbelts. So to, you hit. You, to GoPros, it's, you it's said cars. Did you know that Texas, and I'm not sure if it's anywhere else, but Texas is having a shortage in new vehicle inventory. They're I'm having sure, to, like, if you buy a brand new vehicle, yeah. you're not driving it off the lot that day. Like they have to go out no. of state to find it yep. for you, or or yep, put an order in for it to be manufactured. It's Chinese mining. All the, yeah. all the like whatever they did, they shut down or they killed half their workers. <laughs> I don't know what they did, but, uh, uh, but yeah, so that's something that's, I didn't even think about that. And until you said you're having a hard time finding it. And then I actually heard, I, I read that or heard that on a podcast and it kind of put two and two together. But yeah, if, even if we wanted to buy one brand new, we pr- probably have a hard time. Yeah. You're going to have to buy used. And even I've been looking at pit bikes, but the problem with, we could use a pit bike here, mm-hmm. but when we go to Kentucky, cause uh, Patrick, we 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 have approaching ten thousand acres in Kentucky now. That's unreal, man. That's so cool. Um, but they're there's it's spread over different a lot of yeah. area, and some of them encompass mountains. So one of the, one of the newest pieces Patrick actually just bought with his money. Um, it's it's four mountains that he owns. So he was telling me that there's trails everywhere, way more than Rocco has. Just trails everywhere, but. Uh, you know, they're not perfect. You know, they're muddy. Yeah. And he was like, a, a pit bike won't do it. You're going to have to have a four-wheeler. Yeah. Have to. Yeah, I was actually looking at, and they are crazy expensive, but I think the payoff may be, may be worth it. Maybe. But uh, four-wheel drive ATVs that are electric. Uh, I know how yeah. you are. I mean, as long as you remember. I know how you it. are about electric things and things that plug in, right? It's Well, it's just water. It's, it's you know, you run through mud and and you get water on a fully electric motor it's just i have to imagine that they've thought about that though right like i mean it's an it's an off-road atv it's just electric i mean i just hopped on craigslist and typed in four-wheeler not a single one really not wow some mopeds some 265 dollars a month wax whatever wax are i have no idea that's surprising there's usually a, a a plethora of yeah i don't know it's uh oh here's one 2008 yamaha big bear 400 4 by 4 3600 dude's out of his mind how old 2008 yeah. 12 years 13 years old does he have any hours I mean, on that's it? These, there's another one below it 2003 three grand that's crazy so it looks like the uh used uh, vehicle and motorcycle industry is also uh Doing well. Yeah, if you want to uh, invest, I think now's the time to start buying cars again to flip. You know that that I did that for a mm-hmm. long time. You know that's how I made my my living for for many years, um, landscaping and and um, and flipping cars. And it just got to the point that you just couldn't buy cars for cheap yeah, anymore. It wasn't worth it. And, but now it seems as though it's gonna. They're still not going to be cheap to buy, but I think you'll be able to. The sell demand them is going to be more. higher, I think, because people can't find yep. them. Uh, you know, I sold yeah. a I sold a used car recently, and I sold it. You know, I listed it for a price, assuming someone was going to talk me down or offer 
you know, almost half. Uh, and it was worth around that. I mean, actual value. That's crazy. But there's just not very many. There weren't very many to choose from that didn't have major problems. And so this individual paid almost the entire asking price in cash. That's crazy. So, you know, I would have never paid that amount for that car. Uh, but you know, when you're in, when you think about how much it'll get you or your truck. Yeah. I've thought about that. That truck <laughs> every day is uh, in worse and worse shape, but it still runs. It's got four wheels. It's got an engine that's, uh, works, works good. Uh, runs well. I've not had any major issues, knock on wood, but, uh, yeah, it's been good. Dude, just looking at used cars for sale. Insane. There's a wrecked 2004 Chrysler town and country that runs and drives 1400 bucks. That is the cheapest car on Chrysler right now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this thing is beat. It's white. It's rusted. The hood's all buckled. The door probably doesn't open. That's 1400 bucks. Man, it sucks. Well, I guess, uh, Another thing we relate to the game on. Yep. Oh, well. 93 Honda Accord, $2,300. It's crazy. Well, we clearly have uh, a lot to do. Would you say 102 days, 107 days to start of start yeah. the season? It was uh, 107. Well, do we have any trips planned currently? We need to start planning some of those things. Um, I was just looking at so that I can get them in the calendar, man. Because between between work and scouts and everything, I got to make sure this stuff's in the calendar ahead of time. So May fifteenth, we're doing a podcast with Colton at his house. So don't forget that um, I'll be out of town the May twenty second, and then there's a bunch of F one races in June that I'm going to watch. I think we're good through June. Cool. Well, we need to think about... Um, oh, we also have the One Nation ribbon cutting. That's next Wednesday, right? Yeah, yeah I'll be that. there. I'm going to bring the whole family because then we're going to go to uh, Nolan's soccer game afterwards. Nice. That'll be good, man, because we'll, we'll get to... Uh, I think the guy from Local Boy Outfitters is going to be there. And there's a lot of stuff. And then we have some Make-A-Wish stuff coming up. All right. Oh, yeah. Let me know when they start giving out dates. I got the hiccups, dates for the uh, Make-A-Wish stuff so I can get that in too. And then when I said trips, I actually meant hunting trips. Like we need to – actually this year oh, we need yeah, to – we don't have any hunting trips right now. Yeah, we need to take advantage of family we have in other states and friends and uh, you know take them up on those offers. They may regret offering <laughs> after they uh, drink a bunch of bourbon and are hungover. But um, we take advantage of that uh, and have, do some hunting. We're going to be in – uh, is it August? When's the um – that hunt is into September or October, I think. Actually, I think it's in October this year. Okay. Because I was going to say, September 25th is the Camp Hero That's dinner. right. So we got to be there for that. So we may be going to Kentucky back-to-back. I think we're going to spend a lot of time in Kentucky this year. I think so, too. Which I'm fine with. Um, we have that trailer. Might end up... Uh... <sighs> Moving, I've told I've told Jessica I'd move to the Kentucky to the mountains. I'd move to Kentucky. I'm down with that. So who knows? Maybe that's maybe that's the move in a few years. Could be. We start looking at property because uh, it's cheap right now. Patrick, yeah, told me what he paid for. I think it was ten thousand or I don't know how many acres he bought. A lot four mountains. Oh, it's so crazy. Say I I own four mountains. Is he gonna name them? Rename yeah. them? 
I'm sure they're already named. But. Mount Patrick. We get we get to get some slang Mount Patrick, names. Mount Marine Corps, Mount. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mount Mount Crayola. <laughs> oh shit! All right. Well, we're just at about an hour. I think we're running out of shit to talk about. Well, not, but to the point to where yeah, people are uh, going to lose interest. Interested. So yeah. We'll cut it off here. Right, um, next week's podcast. Are we doing a guest next week? I don't think we are, um, but we'll have the new. I don't know. We we'll got, have the new mixer. We got Chief Mercer yeah. coming. For those that uh, know who that is, he's coming. that's cool. Um, I don't know when yet, but soon. All right. Well, we'll meet up next week. We'll do it in person. I'll bring the new equipment that we have. We'll test it out, and uh, we'll have some topics to talk about next week. And uh, the last two episodes have kind of been. I don't know. It's nice to. It's nice to. It's just. Us yeah, it's talking. nice to not always have a super structured plan. Uh, yeah, kind of. So they, we should probably evolve into anyway, just kind of shit. shit yeah, shit. well, it's. I think uh, it's it'll be easier because we can talk about whiskey the whole podcast, every podcast. Uh, but I think yeah. it'll be easier to do that um, when deer season is actually happening. Yeah. We have uh, other stuff going on, so it'll be a lot of fun. Like right now, we're kind of in a lull, but um, we got events coming where we'll have people on and talk about what we're doing. It'll yep. Be fun. So, all right. Well, until next cool. time. Take your vitamins. <laughs> Adios. See ya. Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Birds up in the sky.